Have you ever wondered why people get married and they leave their parents and move off and begin a new journey in life? We'll find out the answers and more on today's podcast. Welcome to the FBC Natchez Podcast. I'm your host, Matt Martin, and we've got a really good show planned today, and we're talking about the biblical basics for marriage. We started uh, an episode uh, a few episodes back, kind of getting a little intro to, to marriage and what the Bible says, and, and we're going to pick up where we left off today in the studio. So it's just me by myself, and before we dive in, as I've said in on some of the previous episodes, if, if you leave us a comment or a review, I would love to read those on on the podcast. And so here's one from a very kind lady. Her name is Julie. And she says, I'm really enjoying the podcast. Just listen to Derek's testimony and the episode on studying the Bible with Matt and Chandler. Good stuff. Thank you all for this. Well, thank you, Julie, for listening to us and to all those that are listening to this podcast. Again, I just encourage you to invite other people to listen, to subscribe to us on iTunes. For all the Android people, we're on Google Play. Um, you can find us on Spotify, and you can go to our website at www.fbcnatches.org, and you can find all of the information about the podcasts there. And so, again, like I said, we're going to dive into this interesting topic about why people get married and specifically the part where the man and the woman become one flesh and then they move away from their parents and start this new life. So if you have your Bibles and if you want to look with me or if you would like to go back and look, I'm really reading from Genesis chapter 2 verse 24 where it says, therefore a man shall leave his father and mother and hold fast to his wife and they shall become one flesh. So we talked about earlier that marriage is intentional. Marriage is intentional. God said it was not good in Genesis 2 verse 18. God said it was not good that man should be alone and that he would make a helper suitable for him. And today I want us to talk about sticking together. Sticking together, persevering in the relationship. Because verse 24 tells us that a man and a woman will leave their father and their mother, and then they'll be united together. And so if you want to have a godly relationship with your spouse, then you must be committed to giving your marriage a priority over every other human. Now I said human, so human relationship. What this means is that, number one, you need to keep your relationship with the Lord as top priority. That should be number one in your life. But number two, you should keep your marriage relationship a priority. And then number three, then focus on your kids. Number four, then you can focus on your job or any other relationships. Now, that's very unpopular. A lot of people don't seem to to like that. Uh, at least they may like it, but they don't they don't uh, function that way. And so I've seen so many times in the past where families have really gotten that order 
mixed up. They've either put their kids as number one and then the Lord and then their husband, or maybe they put God number one and then their kids and then their uh, wife or whatever. They, they've gotten things out of order. So really, it should be number one, God is priority in your life. Then number two, your spouse should be number one in your human relationships. And then number three, if you have any children, then those relationships should take priority over other family relationships and even uh, your vocation or your job. So this text teaches us that there's really two steps to making your marriage a priority over every other relationship. And the word is leave and cleave. So leave and cleave. So here's what leaving and cleaving do not mean. Like, number one, it doesn't mean that you're going to break off all relationships. Um, I'm going to have my wife on in a, in a week or two, and we're going to discuss what it's been like being married for 15 years. And she's going to offer some of her insights to the relationship over the past few years. And I really think this was one thing that we did very poorly, even when we were dating, is that we did not... Um, we did not have good relationships with other people. We tended to want to isolate ourselves and, and be together. And while there's nothing wrong with wanting to spend time with each other, each one, the the man and the woman, really should have some relationships with the same sex. In other words, like guys need to be friends with guys. Girls need to be friends with girls and need to keep those relationships. And couples need to be friends with other couples. And don't break off those relationships just because you want to be together. And so that leaving leaving does not mean that you break off all those relationships. Number two, it doesn't mean that you're going to shirk responsibility. So leaving and cleaving is about being responsible. It's about living life in a way that pleases and honors the Lord as one couple. So it doesn't mean that you're going to live irresponsibly. It doesn't mean that you're going to just go off into the sunset and do whatever it is that you want to willy nilly. It, it, it means that you're going to be responsible in your relationship and doing what it takes to bring honor and glory to the Lord. Number three, leaving and cleaving does not mean abandoning your family. As a parent, I'm sure you get nervous, you get scared, you wonder what's going to happen when your children get married. Will they forget about you? Will they not forget about you? Will they live next door to you? Uh, will they move off and live in another state? Will they become a missionary and live in another country? But leaving and cleaving does not mean that you're going to abandon your family. What we want to do as parents is develop good relationships with our children and teach them to leave and to cleave to their spouse. As I mentioned earlier, again, parents have kind of got this order out where they've really put a lot of energy and effort into the relationship with their kids. And then when their kids move off, they feel totally abandoned by their children because they put all their energy and effort into those relationships instead of focusing on their spouse. So we want to leave and we want to cleave. We want to do it in a way that is godly. And then also <laughs> leaving and cleaving doesn't mean that you're just going to move away and never come back. Again, parents sometimes get nervous that when their children get married, that they're going to move off and never want to have a relationship with them, with them ever again, which, which really is silly. But don't we, don't we really think about that sometimes? I mean, be honest with yourself right now. Be honest 
and think to yourself, you probably have thought that before, that you wonder that you, if your kids are, are ever going to come back to see you when they leave, go off to college or, or get married. So what does it look like then? The two steps of leaving and cleaving. Well, here's what it looks like. Number one, here's the first step. God says that children must leave their parents. So they must leave their their parents. So what does leaving look like? Well, you know, when you become an adult, get this, people, you are a responsible adult. So what that means is when you become a when you move and get married, that you become a dependent that you leave behind dependency and you become dependent upon the Lord and your spouse to make the relationship work. So you leave behind emotional dependency. You leave behind financial dependency. And I'm not talking about you. You don't ever have your parents help you financially ever again, because that, that does happen, but you don't rely on them to sustain you and support you financially. You get out and get a job. Your spouse gets out and gets a job. You work together, you pull your finances together, and then you work together as one couple to to make the relationship work and to support yourself. Number two, you leave behind your parents' authority over you. So your parents are not uh, should not have some kind of authoritative relationship over you. Now, we do want to remind everybody about the Ten Commandments and Commandment number five, honor your father and mother. But that's not what I'm talking about. We're to always honor our father and mother but what this means is, is that we are now one. We are now a responsible couple. We are working. We're supporting one another. And we don't need anybody else telling us what to do and how to run our lives. We get so caught up in what other people think about us. We get so caught up in what our mothers think about our relationship and what our fathers think about our relationship that we forget that we're not living for them but we're living for the Lord. And so number one, if you are making God a priority in your life, and if you are striving to do what God wants you to do in your relationship, then really who cares what other people think? So strive to please the Lord and leave behind that God-given authority of your parents. Number three, leave behind the dependence upon parents' approval. You do not need your parents' approval. God has placed them in your life for a season to teach you, to grow you in the Lord, to grow you into a godly citizen. But now you're to leave them and you now should be seeking the approval of your spouse. You want to look to your spouse for approval and want to do the things that they want to do. And, and if they're not sinful, then great. That's good. You want to do what your spouse wants to do. That should be a very good thing. But sometimes we have toxic relationships with our families and we want to please them sometimes more than we want to please our spouse or worse. We want to please them more than we want to please the Lord. So that's what it means to leave. What are we leaving behind? Again, we're leaving behind that dependent relationship upon our parents that includes authority and approval. Number two, God says that we're to be united. The man is united to his wife. 
So not the wife to her parents, not the husband to her parents, but to cleave, to be united. Now, here's the word of the day. Contronym. Contronym. Say that with me. Contronym. What does that mean? The word cleave is a contronym, meaning that it has two opposite meanings. Ever been to a butcher shop and you've seen a meat cleaver? What does a meat cleaver do? It cleaves or separates meat. So it's a meat cleaver. It separates the meat. So cleave means to separate, but it also means to join together. So man is to leave and cleave, to be joined to his wife. So what does that look like? What does it mean for a man and a woman to be united and to be joined together? Well, number one, it looks like having a relationship with each other rather than having a relationship with your parents. And what I mean by that is you focus on that marriage relationship. It does not mean that you cannot have a relationship with your parents. I encourage you to try to keep a relationship with your parents. But as you move into this journey of marriage, your relationships should shift. You should see a shift moving from parents to your spouse and having that adult relationship with them. Number two, spouses are to take full responsibility of their life and their decisions. We all have a bad tendency to blame people. Why is that? Well, that's in Genesis, right? You go back to Genesis. God looked at Adam and said, what happened? And Adam said, Lord, it was that woman you gave me. So God goes to Eve and says, what happened to Eve? And Eve said, God, it was the serpent that made me do it. And so right there in Genesis 3, we have blame shifting already, and people have been doing it for thousands of years. So we've got to take responsibility for ourselves, and take responsibility for our actions, because that's what God wants us to do. Number three, we're also to make decisions for our family, but we can also take in advice from other people. At the end of the day, you are responsible for you and your family, not your mom, not your dad, not your friends, not your aunt, not your uncle, not your grandparents, but you, you are responsible for those decisions that regard your family. I think it's great to ask other people what they think about certain situations. It's really hard for me to make a decision without consulting my wife, not because I feel like I have to, but I really value her opinion. I really want to know what my wife feels and thinks about certain situations. Not only that, I do want to ask my parents, my mom, my dad about certain things. I want to ask Melanie's mom and dad about certain things and just kind of get their advice. Sometimes I ask other people in the church, what do they think about certain situations and certain things? But at the end of the day, I'm responsible to lead my family and make a decision that pleases and honors the Lord and not blame others for my decision, but take responsibility for that for myself. And then finally, we just need to understand that it's our spouse's opinions and concerns that are more important than the concerns and opinions of other people. 
It's good that they have opinions. It's good that they have concerns. But really, what's most important is what my wife thinks about a certain situation. What's really important for my wife is what I think about a certain situation, not our parents or other family members. And so today, I just want you to kind of reflect on these two steps, leaving and cleaving. Today, I want you to make your marriage a priority. I want you to work hard, stick together. For if you want to be a godly couple that pleases and honors the Lord, then you have to be committed to giving your marriage relationship a priority over every other human relationship. And so as we close today, I just want you to think about that. Maybe right now, pray to God, Lord, help me make my marriage relationship a priority. Maybe you need to ask for forgiveness. Maybe you need to ask the Lord for forgiveness because you've placed your children above your spouse. Maybe you need to go to your spouse and ask for forgiveness and to, and say, I'm so sorry. I've put my relationship with my kids above my relationship with you. Or go to the Lord and say, I've replaced all, I've put all these other relationships ahead of you. So please forgive me and help restore me to right relationships with others. I can promise you if you do that, you will be blessed. I can promise that if you make your relationship and put that in the right order where it's God, number one, your marriage with your spouse, number two, your children, number three, and then family and job, number four or five or however you have it, I promise the Lord will bless that. He really will. You may not be the richest person in the world, but you will be spiritually rich. You may not have all the things of of your friends, but you'll have the riches of God's kingdom. And that's what's important. Not about what we can amass here on earth, but what we can do to store treasures up in heaven. So thank you so much for joining us on today's podcast. If you like this podcast, I do ask that you would maybe send it to someone that, that may need to hear it today. Leave us a a good review and rate us on wherever you're listening to this podcast. And maybe if you have any questions about a particular topic that you wanted to hear discussed on this podcast, you can email me at mmartin at fbcnatchez.org. So on behalf of the church staff here at FBC, we love you guys. We are praying for you. We'll talk at you next time on the FBC Natchez podcast.